of course, listening to my dating and relationship podcast with your hostess with the most, Chantal Hyde. I'm super excited to be here again today. We are tackling a tough, tough subject. We're going to talk about cheaters. Not an easy one. I wish this was a black and white subject, but it's not. It is not. I'm actually think I'm going to have to do a series about this so that I can cover it properly because this is not going to be a very black and white subject because there are a lot of angles to think about. You know, it'd be nice if when it came to cheaters, we could just say, you know what? You're just a dick. You're an asshole. Don't want you in my life anymore. And that's it. Done. Move on. But if any of you have ever been cheated on, you know that it's hard to get over somebody when you're in love. And it's hard to forgive somebody when you've been hurt. And, you know... I I wish I could say everybody who cheats is somebody you should leave behind, but even I can't say that. Even I can't put it in terms that are that black and white. And so today what I wanted to tackle was the types of cheaters that we can come across because it doesn't always come from a place of, of somebody who's a pure narcissist. Uh, of somebody who is absolutely selfish and has complete disregard for other people. There are other factors that can come into play. And I want you to be aware of those because as we delve into the subject, I, I want you to know that I understand your pain and I understand your confusion and I want to help you through this. And I want to start that off by helping you see that sometimes people who cheat are good people doing bad things. And sometimes the bad things that they're doing are are things that in a way they can't help. And I know some of you might be having your hackles raising right now going, what Chantal, what the hell are you talking about? Of course, people can help themselves. But I have been studying psychology, sociology, anthropology, biology for 20 plus years. And we are complex. We are not so simple. Like there are a lot of simplicities and I bring them to light. And I know you love me for that. I know you love the fact that I make things very easy to understand. I clarify a lot of things and I put it in plain English. So it's easy for you to absorb and even easy for you to explain to other people as you take this information and you spread it out. And thank you, my love warriors, by the way. Thank you for talking about me. Thank you for sharing my content. Thank you for telling other people the things that you learn. Thank you for learning. Thank you for being so open, by the way. So I want to open your mind up a little bit more. I want to crack you open. I want to get you to see some more of the complexities of the human nature. And, you know, we were probably a lot more simple back in earlier 
Homo sapien days, 200,000 some years ago, when we lived in the jungle and we lived in tribes and we had a more clear understanding of what our roles were within our culture, within our society, within our tribe. Um, but you got to admit, this culture has messed us up in many, many, many ways. You know, I often talk about the no kissing for three months rule. And, and I really should add like a WTF to that whole thing. Because why does it need to be a lesson to learn who somebody is before choosing them as a partner? That's, that's crazy. But our culture has said, nope, commit to strangers and then see what happens. So, you know, of course we end up in relationships where we're not happy because we have a great three month honeymoon period. And then we think that was reality when in fact it wasn't, it was just a chemical high. And then we say, you know what, if I try harder, I can make this work like it did in the beginning. Unfortunately, that's not always the case. But let's dive into humanity some more. Let's let's crack this nut open and let's get you understanding how sometimes when it comes to cheating, there's a lot of confusion going on and it's not always a bad person doing bad things. So there's four types that I laid out today. And I'm going to start with some of the more obvious ones. And, and then I'm going to start with something that maybe you didn't quite realize. So let's start with the insecure types, right? And these are the ones who feel like they need validation every minute of every day. And I've certainly dated my share of those. Definitely did. And I'm sure some of you out there have, have as well. And these are the ones that... If they're not getting your full attention all the time, and even when they are, it's not enough. They need so much female attention because they feel validated by it, because their self-esteem hinges on somebody finding them attractive and desirable and smart and funny. And it's not enough if you do most of the time. And I say most of the time because usually with partners like this, there will be some fighting especially if you're insecure as well, as most of us are, most of us have insecurity. And I got to say, insecurity is built into us on a genetic level, because if everybody thought they should run the world, there would be so much fighting. And so a small dose of insecurity is woven into our DNA in order to allow us to have a hierarchy, in order for us to feel comfortable where we are on the totem pole. Look, if Everybody thought they should be prime minister. Everybody would be fighting to be prime minister. Everybody would be fighting to be president. Nobody would be okay being an employee versus being a boss. So again, insecurity is normal, but what you do about it is what has a negative or positive effect. And people who vomit their insecurity are obviously having negative effects on other people. And by vomiting insecurity, it can be a control factor. I don't want you to hang out with those people. I don't want you to talk to that person. I don't want you to go out dressed that way. That's a vomit of insecurity that has turned into a control pattern. But then there are the people who aren't trying to control you or maybe are on a certain level. And they're also exercising their insecurity by seeking, constantly seeking that female attention. 
And I mean, I remember going to visit my mom in Montreal for the weekend uh, after I'd moved to Guelph and coming back and finding two towels in the bathroom and certain behaviors. Um, you know, I, I, my boyfriend at the time was an absolute neat freak. Never, ever, ever did he ever leave clothes laying out. Uh, you know, but there was a t-shirt neatly folded on the bed and, you know, you kind of put a few things together and, oh, who was here this weekend? Oh, this girl that I've been rushing home to message on ICQ. Some of you remember what, what that platform is every day after school and messaging until bedtime. And the one that I said to you, you know, if I hadn't met you first, I would have been dating her. So these are the type of people that will justify their behavior by turning it back on you. You know, I did this because we were fighting, because you didn't pay enough attention. You didn't give me enough positive attention. And so they always feel justified in their behaviors. And sometimes, and usually, you know, because we do tend to project on other people, these same people will not like it if you have a male friend or a friend of the opposite sex, if I have some man fans out there listening to this right now. So the insecure types, you know, really can be kind of some of the worst types because there's a blame game going on while they're doing these behaviors. But that leads us to the next level up from that, which is the narcissistic type. And these are the ones who have absolutely zero feelings, zero remorse about their behavior, about what they do to satisfy themselves. And they use women to look after their wants, their urges, their needs. And it doesn't matter who it affects, if it affects you, if it affects the other woman. It really just doesn't matter. They are laughing inside their own heads and hearts because it's all about getting what they want when they want it. And if you dare say anything about this, it is an explosive fight because they use anger to control and they want to make it so uncomfortable for you to even bring up the notion. They want you to fear their outburst, fear their anger, fear their words that you just stop saying anything altogether. And their justification for this is I deserve this because they are egomaniacs and all they want to do is feed their egos and step on others in order to elevate themselves. And these are by far the worst kind because there is no desire to turn that behavior around. You might be with an insecure person who is madly in love with you, who feels bad about their behavior, who does want to change it, and who is willing to take steps to elevate their self-esteem so that they are enough to themselves and you are enough in their relationship. But a narcissist, sorry, a narcissistic will never get there because they don't want to, because they are fed by their behavior and they love it. And the moment you decide you don't want to put up with this anymore, you are done. You are gone. They are moving on to the next person because all they look for is people who will accept their behavior and nothing less. 
because it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how you feel. What matters is they are feeding themselves and that is it. Now, the next type that I have is the damaged type. And this is a sad one. This is a really, really sad, you know, category here because this person has lived through trauma and sometimes trauma affects us on a subconscious level and sometimes things happen that become deeply rooted and we don't necessarily see a pattern in our behavior and there's a fantastic psychotherapist uh, or psychologist psychiatrist I forget but there's PhDs after her name and her name is Harriet Lerner and she wrote some fantastic books and one of them is The Dance of Anger and she talks about how sometimes people will start acting out at a certain time of the year they don't realize that there's a pattern of them cheating during a certain time of the year or drinking excessively during a certain time of the year, becoming depressed during a certain time of the year. They don't make the association between something that happened decades ago and how they are behaving today. But our brains cycle on a clock. And the way that I first realized this was when I stopped fighting with my husband. And for the first few months, you know, we like we had stopped fighting, but we would come to a point where both of us would be looking at each other out the corners of our eyes, and we felt like there was a weight in the air, and we felt like we were waiting for a shoe to drop. And, and you know, we would almost get into fights, but I was really intent on us not fighting, and so I was practicing behaviors that kept us from doing that, like meditation and, and not responding to triggers, uh, you know, making sure no words left my lips when I was in a in an angry state of mind or frustrated state of mind or confused state of mind. And we would have these moments where we'd be tiptoeing around each other, feeling like something was about to happen, not quite sure how to deal with the moment. And then a little bit more time would pass and the air would ease and we would be okay again. And and what I realized is that we had a pattern, which was fight, make up, bit of peace, fight, make up, bit of peace. And there's a clock that that happens on. And we would get to fight time and we'd be waiting for the fight. And that would be that tension that we would feel in the air. And then the fight wouldn't happen and the clock would keep moving and we would get back to make up, bit of peace time and everything would be okay. And so this happens also when it comes to trauma. Sometimes our brain creates a date, creates a time, this time of year, something like this feels very heavy. And they don't always realize that they are on a clock. And so they get depressed at a certain time of year. And they start trying to self medicate drugs, alcohol, other human beings, sometimes we use other human beings as medication. And that comes about in the form of seeking exterior validation, seeking somebody to distract us. Because let's face it, people, when we are flirting with somebody, even if we're in a relationship, if somebody new comes into our periphery and there's this flirtatious behavior going on, doesn't it make you feel a little bit more alive? And Mother Nature designed us that way. Look, we are not monogamous by nature. I'm sorry 
to say this, but we are not, we are mammals. And there is about a 5% rate of mammals that are monogamous by nature. Beavers, beavers are monogamous. Um, there's a, a certain breed of mouse uh, called a vole, I think. I think they're mice. Anyways, it's a rodent. They're monogamous, right? But we are not. And how do I know this? How can I say this with certainty? Because, you know, I don't want to teach anything that I don't know, right? I don't want to guess about stuff. I don't want to just believe things that other people say. How do I know that we're not monogamous by nature? Well, I'll tell you, I have a crush on Robert Downey Jr. And I am madly in love with my husband. I am incredibly attracted to my husband. There is not a day that goes by that I don't drool over this man. And every single day I kiss him like it's the last day. And yet I have a crush on Robert Downey Jr. Now, if we were monogamous by nature, it would be my husband and nobody else just like it is with beavers. Because, I mean, really, if beavers had a crush on another beaver other than their mate, what is holding them back? There is no cultural rule holding them back from mating with another beaver, right? So when you think about it that way, you realize that monogamy is a choice. And Mother Nature designed us to feel new and fresh and excited when somebody new comes into our periphery because Mother Nature wants us to make babies so that the species continues. And so she hikes up our system when somebody new comes into our environment. And she creates an aphrodisiac when you kiss and she makes it tell our brains, the female brain, that we've chosen the right partner when that kiss happens so that we get into procreation mode and create that baby. And so sometimes people seek other people to self-soothe as medication, not fully understanding that sometimes what they're medicating is something they forgot about, is something that they're not realizing, that they're cycling back on. And they don't see that they're doing this because they're depressed. So the damaged ones are the ones that sometimes you love and you wish that they could see the destructive behaviors. And these are the ones that are worth going to therapy with. These are the ones that if they are sorry for their behavior, if they're sorry for their behavior, it is worth working it through if they want to plug into the relationship and stay and they are remorseful and they want to change, these are the ones that you change with. They are worth the effort if they are a good man. And, and ladies and gentlemen, you know, and, and you can take the men who are listening to this, you can take guy and turn it into girl. You can take man and turn it into woman. My lessons do apply that way. If they are a good man or a good woman, if they are hardworking and generous and conscientious, they take care of their responsibilities, and also they make you laugh more than anybody else on this planet, it is worth working through. Now, the last one I'm going to touch on is the one who says he wasn't in a relationship with you. And sometimes we are offended that the person we are sleeping with is sleeping with other people. And you may 
feel they were doing it behind your back because they didn't tell you, maybe you found out, or when you asked if this was exclusive, they said no, and then you feel like you've been cheated on, but you need to pay attention to the words that are coming out of his mouth. Sometimes we meet somebody that we like and we ask them if we're smart very early on, where is this going for you? And they say, well, you know, I'm not quite ready for a relationship yet. And sometimes as women, what we'll do is we'll tell ourselves, we'll see. And we hang around and we go out with them. We spend time with them. They text us. We respond. We go out on what we think is dates, but for them, they call it hanging out. Netflix, Netflix and chill is not a date, guys. But we tell ourselves that if we really like them. And, and we take their attention as attention going towards something when in fact it's just somebody who is in their mind having fun. So we spend time, we invest ourselves, we invest our attention, we invest our bodies, we start investing our hearts, we start falling for this person. It is kind of difficult for women to not fall for a guy if she's spending time with them, getting to know them and having sex because, you know, that aphrodisiac that's created when we kiss also tells the female brain that she's completed a vetting, you know, completed her vetting and chosen the right partner for herself, which shuts her down to other suitors, which makes her think this is the best one there is in the world. And we also have sex. And ladies, if you know somebody who has given birth naturally and then did it again, ask them why and they'll say because when my baby came out and I held them I forgot about all the pain well guess what that was the oxytocin when a baby travels through the birth canal her body releases a ton of oxytocin and oxytocin has many wonderful benefits it is the chemical that makes you feel warm and fuzzy and bonded so naturally her body would create a ton of oxytocin when the baby comes through the birth canal because mother nature wants us to bond to the baby but oxytocin also makes you forget which is why i say if you have a fight with somebody you need to hug them afterwards because the oxytocin will help you forget how angry you were but when they want to induce birth in the hospital, do you know what they inject her with? Oxytocin. And it does make you forget a lot of things. And so when we're having sex and his penis is moving in our vagina, our body is producing more oxytocin than normal, than it would be with a hug. And we feel warm and fuzzy and we feel bonded and we are falling in love. And so when we find out that the person that we fall in love with is seeing other people, having sex with other people, we are hurt, very deeply hurt because we had committed to this person. This was the one and only for us. And we are hurt that we were not the one and only for him. But he will tell you, I told you in the beginning, I wasn't ready for a relationship. And so we convinced ourselves that we were working towards something because it felt like we were. We took the time and attention that he gave us as a sign of devotion, as a sign of moving forward, as a sign of 
of commitment that was happening between us. But men don't bond the same way we do. And men come into a relationship with a woman woman, already knowing their intent, which is why I say ask him early and believe the words that are coming out of his mouth because the good ones will tell you the truth. If you say, you know, I'm looking for a relationship, what about you? And he says, well, you know, I'm not quite like there's some things I want to, I mean, maybe I haven't gotten over my ex yet. You need to believe the words that he is saying. You have to believe because when it comes to men, and the thing is, you know, this may be a man who was in guy mode and he was being fully honest. When it comes to men and it comes to guys, you have to be a word nerd. You have to give every word they tell you weight because it counts to them what they say and they feel it should count for you. So do believe them when they say, I'm not ready. I'm not looking for a relationship right now. I want to take care of my daughter first. I want to be a good dad first. He is letting you know he's in this for fun, but he is not in this for the long term because he's not at that point yet. He's not shopping for a long-term relationship yet. And, And so his bar is set low. It's, do I find you attractive and can I hang out with you? Yes, that's good enough. That's all he needs. Does he enjoy your company? Does he want to have sex with you? When it comes to that person looking for a relationship, it will be a whole different criteria and he will be open and receptive to it. And when you ask, are you looking for a relationship yet? He will say yes, because he knows that is what he's looking for. But if you have had sex with somebody who said that he wasn't ready yet, He is justified in saying, you didn't listen. Because it's true. And so this one, you cannot blame on him. This is where no more assholes comes in. Because we get upset when we're meeting people who are not ready for a relationship. And we try to pull them into the looking for a relationship category. And when they don't want to come there with us, we get upset and we say, oh, he's such an asshole. He's such a dick. He just used me. He didn't want to give me what I needed. He didn't want to commit. No, ladies, I'm sorry. This one is on you. You need to listen to the words coming out of his mouth and you need to give them weight. And if the words do not match your intent, if you are saying you want a relationship and he is not, it is up to you to shut that door and move on before you lose your heart and before you get hurt by somebody who isn't going to catch up to you. So I hope this helped. I'd love to know how this helped. I'd love to know if this clarified anything for you. I'd love to know what this made you think, what this made you feel. And if you think this was educational for anybody else, I'd love for you to share it, to pass this forward. And, and send me any questions that you have. I am always open to answering questions. And I'm always open to helping you. Love, love, love helping you guys. Um, and when I got some, some great stuff, some great news to, to share with you. Um, we are making some new videos. We've done a ton of filming. We've created some animated characters that are going to go into these videos. Uh, we are in the editing stage. I should have something probably in about the next month 
to show you for all that. There's going to be 10 videos coming out. So super excited. Um, I also want to let you know, those of you that are going crazy over the new Rich Pendlebury track, the, I believe it's a 15 or it's a 20 minute, it's the chakra repair track. I know I have been pressing the replay button the moment it ends because every replay is even better. Like it just takes me deeper. It feels stronger. It feels more powerful. Uh, and I'm not the only one. I've had a few of you reach out and tell me that you're hitting that replay button. And I have put this track up, like I had Rich make a 60 minute version. Woohoo, yay us. Uh, so this is fantastic. I put it up on my website, canadastatingcoach.com. You can find it under the music tab. It is available for download for just 99 cents. Guys, we want to send Rich Pendlebury golfing. He would love to go do some golfing. So show your support and download a track or two by Rich and let's see if we can collect enough money to send him golfing because I think he certainly deserves it. He has created some amazing meditation tracks for us. Uh, so let's show him some love back in return. Uh, and tomorrow night I'm hosting the No More Assholes webinar. Uh, I do this once a month. So any new people out there who are unfamiliar with my no kissing for three months rule and why that makes sense and how this is going to bring you the love life that you're looking for, do uh, go to my webinars link on my website and register for that. And you can also register for the Chantel Hyde show. Every week I do a new topic for you. Um, and I'm not sure, I don't remember if we figured out what next week's, what the next topic is, but I would love to do a show very soon where it's just open form. I take on any question. Uh, I'd love to bring you on so we can have a conversation. Let's make this fun and, and let's just open it up to whatever is on your mind. So register for the Chantal Hyde show. Do uh, scroll down to the bottom when you get that, you know, thank you registered page because you can then click a button to be automatically registered for all the upcoming shows so you don't have to keep registering over and over again every week. And as usual, subscribe to this podcast if this has been shared with you from a friend of yours, somebody who loves you so much they want you to learn some valuable information. Uh, and I'm also on Instagram all the time. So come subscribe to me on Instagram. I am always dispensing gems of wisdom on there. Facebook as well. And of course, my YouTube channel, where you'll find tons of free meditation tracks by the amazing Rich Pendlebury and a lot of other people too. So I populate that with binaural beats, which is a type of music that pulls your brain into a meditative state faster because I understand a lot of you are busy. If you haven't started meditating yet, I have a two-minute tutorial at the top of my Let's Meditate playlist on my YouTube channel. Just go into YouTube, type Chantal Hyde in the search engine, you'll find it. And as usual, guys, I love you so, so much, ever so much love for you, and I hope you're feeling it, and I hope I am helping you change your life. I'm hoping that I am starting a revolution. I feel like I am. The statistics are bonkers. My, my numbers are rising pretty much daily. I love it. Love it. Love it. I love you all. And I can't wait to see you again. I'm going to talk to you soon. Bye.